10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Good luck, studio. Hello, hello, hello. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shire Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shayetti. How are you doing? I'm alright. So what's this episode going to be about? Well, uh, I think we've mentioned it a few times, but, well, you, you know how Nick um, and I have been um, hunting out different tapes and videotapes and audio tapes and all sorts from the, the Chandler archives. Um, obviously, Nick's been digitising this up in parks, but we've recently, or in the last year or so, found a few tapes that had escaped from the main pile. But we've also been digging through audio tapes. And we've done that before, done episodes using tapes that we found. But recently there's been loads of them, absolutely loads of them. A lot of them are messages sent to me by pen pals and friends and, and all sorts, really. So we're going to dip into some of those, maybe not play whole tapes, but certainly play extracts from some of those. I, I want to have a listen myself. So, uh, yeah, we'll have a listen to some voices. Some you'll have heard, some you won't have heard. But uh, anyway... Um, let's run that theme music. Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yes, well, it's a positive thing, Paul. The Shy Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. Um, I'll, I'll go anywhere for a Delicious. Hello, campers. How are you? You quite like a big bang, don't you? Oh, yippee. Go Shy Yeti. Oh, my God, you my secret. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Yeah, I am strangely drawn to Yeti Uncle John's ankles as well. <laughs> but has the Shy Life podcast slowed down? I don't think so. It's all gooey and greasy. Yum, 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 yum. Has anyone seen my hot sausage? <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life podcast. <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. Marvellous, Paul. So, yes, this episode, uh, we're going to get a lot of different voices. Um, I I don't really know until I start editing quite what um, is going to show up, to be honest. But I'm sure there'll be some interesting messages. And uh, I, think, uh, I think Cuthbert will join us. He'll probably let you know some details on each clip, because I'll be busy editing. So, uh, um, we do have a little chat. Uh, about this whole subject, um, that uh, when I was recording with Toppy, Nick and I uh, were recording with Toppy the other day, and um, before we started the main episode, uh, we did just drop into that subject a little bit. So at some point there'll be there'll be that clip as well, I think. But uh, anyway, right. Well, I suppose we should get started. So handing over to Cuthbert. Cuthbert, let the listeners know what's coming up next. 
Hello listeners, it is me, Cuthbert the Robot. We begin our episode today with some shorter clips featuring our good friend Nick Goodman and a number of other voices who have also featured on the show before. You'll probably hear Uncle Warren for a start. The first clip is from a charity night in November 1988, where the boys were dressed up and ready in full Doctor Who fan mode as children in need was being celebrated all around the country. Following that we have a few choice moments from Nick's 21st birthday in October 1989. After that we have a short segment from a radio program broadcast on Wiltshire Sound, where Paul, then a schoolboy, read a rather creepy short story as part of an event at the local festival. We're not sure of the year of that one, but it is probably from the early 90s. Our fourth clip is again of Paul, from a tape zine that he produced in May 1989 called Who's Next? Paul will be back after that to share with you a little more chat and a recent conversation with Nick and Top B, and then I'll speak to you towards the end of the episode. Enjoy the exclamation. It's the Salisbury Time Lords here. We'd better describe what we're wearing. Um, this is more on I'm wearing, wearing, it's Nick Goodman uh, wearing Tom Baker's outfit from season, his first season with a cravat and short jacket. And here's Warren Langham wearing well, the Patrick Trout outfit, the bow tie, the handkerchief, the jacket, the works. We're now approaching the lights and the places. <laughs> and the pace is swarming with them. So uh, leave it here. Hello. 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 Uh, uh, is this an interview? Yes. I see. Now what am I supposed to say? Well, this is Mother. Say hello, Mother. Oh, this is, this is my hello. mother, who, who is not dressed up. She hasn't got any funny clothes on at all, but she has got some clothes on. At least I think so. Oh, it's rather difficult to tell in this light, but now I'm wearing a rather prestigious hat from, Amer- from America, which cost me £8 from the Who shop, and you can't get them no more. Uh, Mainly because the Who shop is closed. <laughs> there, there. Uh, right. he's the bad, the I'm bad. wearing the 25 year badge, which is absolutely awful, but it's 25 years, so I'm wearing it anyway. <laughs> I'm wearing a. I'm also wearing another round of applause, I believe. I'm not wearing a round of applause, no. I thought you'd be in under. You, you brought all your fans here. Sorry? You yes. brought all your fans here. Uh, I got a round of applause when I revealed myself. Could you hold this a minute, please? That was my coach who was holding them. Just, just in case it, it's not very clear on audio. No, it which wouldn't I, be. No, it would be. Just about. Hello, goodbyes. Yes, what? Worst performance of the JT era and then some. How's it going? Uh, how's it going? Children in need is absolutely fun. It's been absolutely fantastic. We've raised something, what, 
by nine o'clock tonight here, I think we'd raised nearly, um, I don't know, about 100,000 pounds that we'd counted. But that doesn't count anything that is here that we haven't counted, which is hundreds and hundreds. And it's different from being in the studio. It's most enjoyable no, to be out fantastic. with people, yeah. the atmosphere. Being out with people is great. It's a bit hairy sometimes, because you never know yeah, what's yeah. going to happen next, yeah. as you've probably discovered. <laughs> yes. like we but it's tremendous. Really enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? Yes, it is immensely. Yes, yes it's Good. brilliant. I'd yeah. say you look extremely dapper, a pair of you. It's a shame. <laughs> Thank you. It's, uh, I'm the fourth doctor, and he's the second. Doctor. Right, well, I'm about 500 say... years older than him. <laughs> you don't look it, honestly. You don't look a day over all 40. Sally, <laughs> yeah. thank you very much. Thank you. Well, as you can hear, we are. It's good night, Robin. It's good night. It's a good night. All of us here at the Children in Need here in Salisbury. And the final total is uh, four missing episodes of the Ice Warriors have been returned to the Ice They need some orange juice. And they need some orange juice. And they need some orange juice. Good night. Good night. Any comments to make anybody? Any comments? A very good evening to you. This is Keith Musswhite wishing Nick Goldman very good luck for his 21st birthday. And just a reminder to buy DZFM when it launches in February, which will start Andrew Trowbridge with a contribution. With Thank a, you very much. A very controversial contribution. I'm not allowed to say any more. Right out. We have been re-slogged. <laughs> oh, I set the video for that tonight. Mr. Chandler, yes. Mr. Catflap, where is your baseball cap? Uh, I didn't think I'd bring it today. It um, needs a good wash, I think. All yeah. oh, right. Right. Have you bought have you bought the British baseball caps? You wear the American version, don't you? Uh, I expect so. Um, Where'd you get it from? Longbeat, 83. I got mine from there as well. Have you still got yours? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine's in better condition than yours. I've got the British one as well, the black yeah. one. I saw the one, I saw the red one, the Ultimate Adventure one at uh, I, I, I didn't get that. I bought that. And then lost it on the train coming back from Brighton. I didn't get that. My mum said, said it wasn't a very good picture, so I didn't get it. Oh, it was not bad. Yeah. I should have got it at the end. I just saved the other one. Hello, Nick. This is Nick's 21st birthday. Did I? I did it every minute before again. Are you enjoying it, Seth? This is a really well party, Nick, and I'm glad I came, you know. <laughs> this is Nick's 21st birthday. Oh, wow. I mean, happy birthday, Nick. Happy birthday. Wow. <laughs> now, from the noisy side, how's it going so far? Right, right, dancing. Okay. Okay, dancing. Yeah. Will everyone dance, please? Yeah. Hello. How are you doing? Is the food going well? The food is going well, yes. We are sorted. Are you, are you yes, working? We are sorted out very nicely. Now we've lit the oven. Yeah. Yes. Oh, good. What are we figured? That if you are paying for a hall that you expect to be centrally heated, the central heating is breaking up. Good thinking. Why not use the oven to heat? Are you going to pop over and have a work with the panther sometime? Oh, yes. That's good. If I can be spared from the the bar. Well, today is moving on because today's original writing showcase at the Solberg Studio was presented by Bishop's Wordsworth School, with prose, poetry and drama taking centre stage, and all of it produced by pupils from the school, with just a little bit of help from writer Jill Horitz. Well, before the lights dimmed this lunchtime, Claire Harrison managed to speak to Jill about her work with the school. 
I worked with some of the boys um, at the cathedral. We went out there and spent time looking around, and then they went back and used the cathedral as a stimulus for poetry writing. Some of the other boys had lumps of clay, which they made into shapes of all sorts, and they then used that to start them off with poetry writing. And they worked very hard on their poems for a number of days, and all that's been collected into a book of poetry, which is now on sale. And how do you think they've done? Very well, and I think the experience was interesting for them because they realised that it actually takes quite a long time to write a poem. It's not a quick thing necessarily, and so they worked very hard. We've got Mr John Cox here from the Bishop's Wordsworth School who's helped organise this showcase by the pupils. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going to be happening today? Well, it's about half an hour of varied readings from some of the youngest who are about 12 to some six formers who are coming on to 18. Everything that's been written has been written by themselves. Uh, one or two um, other members of the school are reading other people's work. It's a very varied programme. Some of it's amusing, some of it's very serious, a mixture of poetry, prose and some mime work as well. Are you doing any music at all? No music at all. It's just the spoken word accompanied occasionally, as I said, by mime. And how have they worked towards this? Is this part of the national curriculum or is this extra? It's a mixture. Some of it's from classwork done in English um, and our first year activities. Some of it's uh, done quite out of school as hobby writing or private personal writing. Some of it's done as a result of the workshops of, uh, of recent months when we've had a writer from outside Jill Horitz. And how important do you think it is for, for young people to express, express themselves in poems and... <coughs> oh, vitally important. Uh, our, our only sorrow is that inevitably we have to select for an occasion like this and many, many more could have come and would have come had we had more time. I think it's important for everyone. OK, well, you're just about to go on stage as such, so I'll leave you to it. Thank you very much. Thank you. He gazed at the river, flowing as he watched, slowly clearing, eyes gaping up at his, she smiled at him, those dead eyes, crumpled, bony face gazing back, delicate hands rising from the darkness, touching his as he found himself climbing the bridge towards her hypnotic form, unable to leave, filled with a frightening calm. Lips moving, turned in a cruel leer as the water cooled his lungs, as life slipped away, dragging into the mud until all was empty, empty except for a young girl lying silently on the bridge. Smiling, she rose, gazing down at the water before turning. Retribution. The water ran freely through the summer day, water under the long metal bridge, a bridge spanning between warm meadows and over the busy river, bridge over troubled waters. Paul Chandler, a pupil with Bishop Wordsworth School who took part in this lunchtime second original writing showcase at the Solberg Studio in the Playhouse. Welcome to the first issue of Who's Next? Well, we have do have a fun field edition for you this week. Well, I'm not so sure about the fun field, but it's certainly full anyway. Full of what, you may ask? Well, we've got a few humorous items, which you will hear later, no doubt. A review of State of Decay, and also of the London exhibition of in Tooley Street. We've got a few stories. A quiz, clips, and the TARDIS knows what else, no doubt. Yes, well, here I am with a, another Doctor Who exhibition report. This time from the new one just opened in Tooley Street, London. Where shall I begin? At the beginning you cry, fool. Okay, okay. 
which is just what I shall. Uh, before getting to see what you have come to see, unfortunately you are forced by your friendly cyber guard by the door to take a quick ride on the Space and Adventure World's Flight Simulator. Yes, it's as bad as it seems. This takes you for a quick trip through the five galaxies and back home in time for tea, whilst encouraging you and your tightly seatbelted crew to bring up their lunch on the way. All good family fun. On leaving Starship Traveller, you are presented with a piece of paper telling you just how brave you have been for surviving. Surviving? <laughs> I hadn't expected to lose my life on their flight simulator. Never again. Then, on to business. Passing through the two TARDIS-shaped doors, you are now in the Hulite Zone. Now, if memory serves me right, the first ugly to confront you is a rather drunken-looking Santaran flashing away behind glass. <coughs> no dirty jokes, please. Anyway, on turning a corner, you find yourself in the main exhibition area, facing a sea devil and Siluvian, the former appearing a little more realistic than the light-bulb-eyed latter. Next comes the TARDIS console, well, one side reflected in mirrors with buttons and knobs that seem to have very little effect, uh, but that didn't stop me. Next, and probably the best thing in the exhibition when I went back in November, was the splendid Candyman from season 25's Happiness Patrol, which, if depending on whether you like that story, either disgusted or pleased you personally, I liked it, and it looked just as menacing or pathetic depending on your own view, as it did on the box. Following this, uh, in a cellar scene, were the Gunner Dalek brandishing a light bulb in its stalk, and another impressive white Dalek from Remembrance, bleaching exterminator, irritating younger brothers and sisters, which I did have one of, until... Anyway, I won't tell you about what happened with the Dalek and my brother. Anyway, after, after this, two Cybermen with limp, non-booted feet can be seen, apparently listening to a bit more jazz whilst they're having their boots repaired after being totally stoned by a couple of gold coins. Finally, well, nearly, a row of heads from various stories, um, a verboid, savage mask from Castrovalva, another from Stones of Blood, and many more which, which I forget. Last of all, in TARDIS roundels appears phases of companions, monsters, and even doctors. And that's it, except for the shop, selling videos, tapes, stickers, pens, telephones, sweatshirts, and other goodies. The whole place resembles a kind of spaceship interior, even the toilets, I'm told, but that's another story. Until you step out into the streets of London. No, I won't sing it, we had enough trouble with music. Anyway, a tunnel, which you find yourself in once coming out of the exhibition, looks quite like one you could see in Resurrection pursuing Daleks, or... Anyway, all in all, quite a good exhibition, not worth going especially to, to London to see. Unlike Longleat, there are no additional extras or mazes to get lost in. It's hard enough finding the place for a start. But all the same, it's, it's a nice place to pop into if you're up there with a couple of hours to spare. Photos? I haven't got any photos. Hard cheese. If you wanted to see a deceptive view of the place and you can't visit it, you should have watched Behind the Scenes on BBC Two uh, back in November sometime. So there. Well, well, that went quite well, that one, didn't it? Anyway, um... Anyway, what's next? Ha! Time for humour! In the form of... Some funny ditties. Who needs news? 
Paul Chandler reading the news tonight. Here we go. And on Who Needs News tonight, we are honoured to present an interview with a little appreciated character who appeared almost totally throughout the unit, unit ever and is hoping to be reunited with his old colleague Nicholas Courtney in season 26's Battlefield, which goes into filming very soon. Yes, Freddy the Ferret, who played Lethbridge Stewart's moustache, will be here in the studio in about 10 minutes telling us about his loves, hates, and how he worked with Sylvester McCoy before he became famous. We also reveal the real reason for Canine's departure with Romana, and just how Mark I and III are getting on on Gallifrey and London respectively. And I can tell you it has nothing to do with Blackpool Beach, the Nucleus, or a group of weirdos around Stonehenge. We also talk to distraught Mr. Mike Tate of Somerset Road, Pewley, who reckons he married a Zygon. He is quoted as saying, She was a lovely girl before we were wed, but as soon as the ring was on our finger, she just changed. Jenny Tate has gone to her mother in Loch Ness to think things over. And, said Mr. Tate, for all I care, she can stay there. We have a report also from Longleat, where thieves broke in and stole items from a Doctor Who exhibition. A man came forward to claim responsibility. He was a doctor, but the whole exhibition had dematerialised and he could not return it. Late sports news now. In the alien eight-legged hockey international cup, there was a disqualification for the act against the surviving team when Axon United electrocuted themselves toward victory, killing all the rivals. We found their attitude quite shocking, said the owner of the ground. Finally, we have news of a, a new birth in the Avzal family. He's quite a little devil at the moment, the couple commented, but I'm sure he'll be less of a handful when he's bigger. The baby is not being christened in church due to a problem in a southern village, Devil's End, 18 years ago. I'd rather forget about that, said Azel. The press just blew it, and by that he does not mean the church, out of proportion. And now over to the weather with Mondi Cyber and a blob in the snowstorm. Good night. Well, wasn't that just fun? Hello, listeners. It's me again. Just having a quick break between clips. I hope you're enjoying them. Um, I'm, uh, I'm having a, a right old adventure looking through all the things that Nick's been digitising. Um, and uh, if I haven't said it already, I, I'm just trying to sort of dip in and use little clips and bits and pieces, but uh, um, not to say that I won't come back to some of these again. Obviously, I don't know what's on these tapes, and I, I don't know what the good bits are, or if there even are any good bits. Some of the messages were done uh, by pen friends, and we used to... Uh, uh, we used to write to each other, but then we got into a stage where you'd send each other a tape, and um, most of the tapes of mine don't exist anymore. But uh, anyway, not all of the uh, things that I recorded were originally messages. Uh, and obviously, a lot of these tapes that were messages, they didn't just have messages on because, you know, that's an hour and a half of chat. And, and uh, often the tapes had music on. 
Although, uh, when I was doing tapes with my friend Elaine, sometimes we'd get two tapes because the, we'd either have so much music we wanted to share or by the time we'd, we'd sort of made notes on each other's tapes and commented on all of that and then had our own news. And obviously when you chat, you can ramble on more than or at least I can. And so could Elaine. I don't think she'll mind me saying that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're a bunch of chatterboxes. But uh, as I was saying... I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I wasn't a chatterbox. That's why, probably why our chatterbox episodes are called what they are. But um, not every take that we've been finding has been a uh, uh, a message. Uh, little plays, they're bits and pieces that were recorded for Sutton Park. Usually just be played in the background or occasionally my friend Lee would play one of his characters. We'd either make it look like it had uh, come through an answer phone or we made it look like you know the voice had taken over a radio um that there were all sorts of different things and i'm still finding out what half of these things are uh, there there were also tape scenes that um i started to record or did one edition of little plays i did with my brother or, or plays i did with friends um all sorts all sorts but anyway i'll i'll share with you some more now Um, we, the weather is pretty atrocious down here, but we we don't really care about that because we're <laughs> indoors and we're having fun and we're podcasting. I've just gone through a mass of um, Paul's sets, uh, many of which have mysterious content, which uh, is is um, being fathomed as we speak. Saying to you, well, actually, I was say two things. The, the weather outside looks like somebody standing outside the window throwing buckets of water at the window. <laughs> yeah. It's like. It's, is that really rain? Just rain? I think there must be wind and rain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we call that horizontal rain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We. I've found more tapes of my parents, which are like audio messages and audio. Th- so I'm just giving them to Nick to to digitise, and then. Well, the thing is, I've I've now got an extra um reason for doing all these kind of things is um our friend alan hayes who ran a doctor who tape scene in the 80s has asked me to go in with him on a tape scene book uh which is the ultimate guide to doctor who tape scenes in the in the 80s and 90s and huh. um, oh, of course i have my own tape scene but um and so did he but we're kind of winkling out every tape that everybody's got of um you know missing ones and and sort of building up the the ultimate archive and uh so that's that's going to be quite exciting but we along the way we're rediscovering old friends as well oh that's really cool yeah um because i'm sure like you a lot of people save those tapes tape cassettes i hope so i'm i'm kind of become more passionate about collecting you know and, and record keep uh, re- preserving old recordings that were we, we all did years ago um and yeah. work you know written work as well so do, do, you, do you remember two or three years ago i did the, that episode of the podcast where i i i replied to a tape a tape message that a friend had sent me 30 years before and and um and i, I remember you say, saying that the, the bits i chose to use was still as relevant now or all the anecdotes were still as interesting to use i did a lot of audio messages to people and, uh, and as indeed did i yeah and I, I don't have that many examples of my own messages but i have their replies um, yeah um i had a few friends 
that we would exchange tapes instead of letters. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I haven't done as well as you guys in preserving these things. But um, it's funny because you only, once you send your tape, you know, all you have are what they replied yeah. with. And it's only half the conversation. I always thought how wonderful it would be to get the tapes back together yeah. again. Well, I, on, on my on the last sort of um, catch of, of uh, the tapes that I did for Paul um, that come from his parents' house, there was actually a few tapes of um, he, he sent to other people that for some reason we've still got. So I, I, I kept those. <laughs> um, I might be able to match them up, but... Uh... I'm going to try and do maybe an episode, either an episode a month or an episode every two months, which are maybe towards the end of the month where I'm kind of wanting to put an episode out, but I'm running out of time. Uh, I'm going to start going into some of these tapes and and doing maybe doing the best bits of a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how, how well how well have your tape cassettes been holding up? Like, are they falling apart? Do do they? Because mine are mine are falling apart. I mean, uh, the only ones that I think are getting a little bit flaky and uh, are the um, and even actually no, come to think of it, well, yeah, um, the it's the VHS one uh, actually cassettes that um, that like uh, the, the the big size one, not the camcorder ones, and um, some of those are looking a little bit frail, but the audio tapes are okay, and so are the camcorders. Um, so it's just it tends to be the VHS um, the home home ones that that are starting to and also the if you've got a special cover for things like the edited Sutton Parks um, the, the case pl- the of those the plastic on those are starting to decay. I used to buy blank boxes for what I edited and and they'd have the plastic thing that you could put a cover in if you had a cover. And, yeah, and then those well, started to sort of. Do. Well, maybe you guys have a way of fixing this but so when i get out one of my old tapes you know from the 70s yeah it won't advance it's stuck i can't play it do you do you have a way of fixing that we have we have a a, a, like it won't sort of yeah yeah i can't advance it like even if i put a pencil through it and try to just crank it with my hand you know it's it's all it's all uh I don't know. To send it over recorded delivery, I, I've been. I mean, I, I, we we would put our best brains on it. Um, I mean, there's a shop in in Salisbury which actually does. Um, I think it does audio tapes as well, but it's with camcorder tapes. Um, um, there's a few I've had that have broken over the years, and they you just take it to them and they transfer it for you and they and they mend it for you. So there's all hmm. sorts of things we can do. But it was marvelous if some of those tapes could sing again, as it were. Yeah, uh, live again. So uh, j- just just a thought, but I'm more than happy to help you on that. Oh well, thank you, uh, Nick. When um, like how have you and and this other fellow, how are you proposing to find these tapes? Are you going to put an advertisement somewhere, or like yes. how do you how do you think you're going to do it? Well, in actual fact, um, mo- uh, we've got quite a few. Obviously, they've got with, with mine and and him. We've got the complete ones. We've also, obviously, Paul, with um, we discovered two tape scenes he did in the 90s, or actually toward the early eight, the late 80s, um, that you've all, all but forgotten about. <laughs> well, yeah, I kind of did one-off things and then didn't 
it didn't really take or I just really didn't continue. I, I wasn't very good in the late eighties I wasn't I was very good at starting things and either doing them for six months and then or or not, or not even getting that far with them. Uh, I got lots of heart like a few chapters of books that I started. I wasn't really until after Southern, Southern Park was my first really I mean I did do stuff like Roland. Roland. I did, did do quite did, a lot of it, but I did it very quickly. I did it very quickly. Roland, very quickly. Um, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so we, what what we've done on Facebook? Sorry, on Facebook, we've actually um, last night Alan put uh, some sites on a couple of Doctor Who sites, uh, fanzine sites, um, fan sites, and saying, you know, if you've got any of these tapes, uh, please let us know or, or um, send us a. A digital copy of them and um because we, we're trying to build up the ultimate kind of as far as we can the ultimate kind of um database which people can then log into uh, check into the site online yeah. and and they can listen to you listen to a download of all of them you know if, if the uh the owners give permission i'm i've, I've given permission for rps to get to go Be- out because there was um an episode of the podcast i released a f- four years ago or something which was um i, I think i called it like the, fir- the, the first podcast only ironically really but it 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 was that wasn't even intended as a as a tape zine um but alan said it's enough it has enough traits of a tape zine that i'm going to include that as well so um, which is nice because that that actually in turn gave it um you know inspired me to do my one so right. in fact it's 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 an it's another a thread in the in the link um yeah and speaking of that i mean i imagine what you'll find is you know maybe someone will send it a tape and then they'll say but also i know this fellow who did the ex- same thing that's exactly what we're gonna we hope is gonna happen and um along the lines you know we're hoping to rediscover some people we've known over the years or whatever but um things like um, our friend keith he did a he did one um a tape scene called death zone and then dzfm that those are all recorded but there's one that he did before called meglos i don't think he's altogether uh, proud of his past projects and um it, you know it's a case of getting him out of that funk and sort of saying look you know we really want to record you know want, want to preserve these um so if you have them in the attic or anything you know, just and I, I i get very excited about that kind of treasure hunt you know of, of lost recordings mm-hmm. can actually get get out there and, i was i was saying to nick today that possibly one of the reasons that a lot of my tapes have survived is having my parents house which is of a, of a relatively big size certainly compared to my flat um, and there's always a cupboard or there's a or somewhere that I was able, or we had roof space, so a lot of things just got shoved in boxes and put put away rather than being thrown away. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why they're still here thirty years later. Yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, Nick, so you said this project is is going to be the subject of a book. Is yeah, that what you said. Uh, Alan's been planning it for years. I think the last time he, he tried to give it a go was um, about ten years ago. So the mm-hmm. a lot of the material has been written up. At least we've got a lot of we've got tran- digital transfers of pretty well most of the 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 prominent ones and um it's just the odd issue here and there of or one-off ones or you know we're 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 really kind of crossing the t's and dotting the i's now 
um mm-hmm. and uh, but there's sort of there's one like salisbury had a doctor who local group in the 80s um which had a fanzine i wasn't actually involved in it for some strange reason i, I don't want to be on board but um i three of the four exist and um Trevi and lisa we've asked them to look into their copious archives and see if there's any yeah. there whilst I'm, I'm i'm doing a lot of whilst you're there can you da di da di da because um i'm they did we did a video with them of blake seven um which was based on one that we did that was lisa wrote and it was pretty well the last video production uh, that we did as a, a you know apart from Sutton park and uh, that we um did as a, a, a group and uh, they never put it out or edited it or used any clips and i thought well really i can i'd love a copy of the footage of that um because it you know there's some there's some there's some great outtakes as well <laughs> the weird thing is we've got behind the scenes stuff that other people did like i i would, would have been doing something park in the background and i think didn't you say and our friend Andy was doing a documentary, um, but, so there's footage from other people, but not the actual footage. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it's got a, it's probably there. I mean, they've the, the the missing issue of my the one that they didn't they never completed um, the missing issue of, of my Ray Face Shift um, fifteen. Um, they found that in ten minutes flat, so mm-hmm. it's obviously and that that's nearly twenty five years old. So um, they've obviously got some stuff there, and I just like to um get it you know preserved and to the next level back again and next up we have a tape that graham paul's brother sent him entitled rad and bad he was around the age of 10 at the time he recorded it it seems likely that this was sent when paul had left for university in late 1992 but an exact date is uncertain Graham has a little improvised murder mystery story to share with us. Our next three clips are all from friends of Paul's, who were originally pen pals. The first is Andrew R., who is seeking out the meaning of reality in the early 1990s. We have met Andrew and his daughter on the podcast since then, two or three years ago now. Next up we have Lee F. for some wacky chat. We are unsure as to when this tape comes from. Most likely it's also from the very early 1990s. You'll have heard Leon clips that we've shared from Southern Park over the years. Finally we have some chat from Elaine, also from the 1990s, and following that we'll have run out of time for this edition, but we promise more weird and wonderful clips either next month or very soon. Apologies for the slightly depleted sound quality on some of these recordings, but they are mostly over 30 years old. Anyway, now's the time to get listening to the second half of the show. Goodbye from me listeners. Enjoy the show. Your loyal friend, Cuthbert the Robot. Kiss. Kiss. Kiss exclamation. Take it away, Graham. Sorry about that, dramatics. 
I'm speaking on the new microphone. It's good because you said it's got on, on. I'm on for the moment. And off like this, look. Off. On. On, see? Well, if it's working, you should hear this. Rather loudly. I hope it did work. Oh, she did work. So I'm just, I'm just looking up on this thing, and every time I speak loudly, this thing goes up, and this little light goes on. Okay, so I gotta speak rather quietly. Not like this. Okay. So I got it right up to my mouth. I've recorded some of these songs on the on FM. Oops, I keep on getting it up onto the light. Up on the light, look, woo! I said. And um, I've got Wooshy Matilda, so I'm going to play that first. I might play Boss Drum, but I don't know why, because you already got it. So, um, I'll just, um, I'll, I'll, I'll put, giving you Wooshy Matilda just after this short message. Whee! Double glazing, 999 from B&Q. Sorry about that, Paul. I'm just going to watch Neighbours, but I should speak to you a bit later. I'm just going to... Have they get the light? Yeah, I got the light. Okay. If I get it over... The red light. The red light comes on. I'm just going to watch Neighbours and I'll come back and speak to you. Bye. Jingle bell, jingle bell, us. Go away for all your Christmas shopping. Come to Gamblies. The toy shop for the stars. For stays over the Christmas holidays, go to the Charm household. It's a lovely welcome and the best food ever. Thank you. Bye. Well, hi, I'm back after neighbours. Can you hear it? Did you hear it? Yes? Okay. Right, well. Sorry, I have to be Right, well, um. Just trying to do something. Right, well, um. Do you do Cluedo? It's Cluedo time again. And here at the hall is Dr. Smith. When a stranger dies. There was a rapping at the door. The lady of the house opened it. A drenched, soaking man standing, dripping wet with with rainwater. I said. Can I come in, please? Yes, of course you can, she said. Qu- quickly. Maid, maid, get a towel for this man, please. Yes, ma'am. Because there's a strange man on the doorstep, said maid said. Do you know who it could be? The vicar looked round the door. No, no, he said shakily, shakily, as if he had a, he remembered something of the past. The strange man walked in. Hello, Vicar, I haven't seen you for ages. That's kind of 
Sasser gloats. How's your wife doing? Or have you left her yet? Um, no. no. Yes, I have. Yes, um, yes. And how's your friend, may I say? Um, she's alright too. Um, yes, well, I've got to go now. Bye, Miss. Miss. Bye, maid. He walked out. At that moment, Mrs. Peacock said, Um, where's that towel, maid? Here, ma'am, said maid. At the moment, in walked Mrs. Scarlet. What are you doing here? You know each other? Said Mrs. Peacock. Yes. We know each other, don't we? Scarly baby. They walked. They walked into the to the dining room. Will you have lunch with us, said Mrs. Peacock? Well, if I'm not too much bother. No. Mrs. Scarlet whispered to the vicar. I wish he would. I wish he would dead. He's ruined my life coming back. At di- at dinner, huh, the when they were having dinner, in walked and also drenched. Um, Mr. Mustard. He was also drenched. He, he said, Do you want a tattoo, Mr. Mustard? Yes, please. He said scornfully. He, he wiped himself down and sat down at the table. What are you doing here? He said to the man. Oh, it's a secret, man. The back of outer. What's this about backing out? Nothing. Nothing. No, nothing. No. After dinner, Mrs. Peacock was in her study and in walked the man. Why did you come back? Why? I, I wanted my money. But I gave all my money my, my husband. You've got it all. Oh, it's at the house. I want the house. I want to build on it. I wish you were dead. The man walked out. She took out the gun from her from her drawer and loaded it. Do you want to stay the night? Said the cook. As sharpening her knife, she slipped, nearly cut off his hand. And well. I think it was slipped. Sorry about that, she said. Oh, uh, yes, I'll stay the night. It's not too much trouble. <coughs> no, no trouble at all. That night, he died. He died. The weapons, the candlestick, the knife, the gun, the dagger, the poison. Which do do do. Right, I'll go for the motives. Mrs. Scarlet, a deadly secret of love and passion. Miss Colonel Mustard, a deadly, a secret wartime mission gone wrong. The vicar, secret sex life unveiled. The cook. 
murdering ha, having it off with her with her daughter and then running and Mrs. Peacock being his hers husband and wanting all her money. So you got a question. Well, first one question you want Mrs. Peacock. Mrs. Peacock, why did you get the gun out of the drawer? Because I, I, um, because I wasn't going to shoot him. No, it's just Colonel Master gave me this gun and he wanted it back. A rather hesitant answer from Mrs. Peacock. Perhaps hiding a secret. Mrs. Scarlet, why did you... Look at him rather nastily over the dinner table. Well, I've got no secrets. He was my, my, my husband. He ran off. What? Your husband too? Said Mrs. Peacock. Yes. The cook. Why, why did you, why did you try and cut his hand off? I didn't, I didn't. I, sh I was sharpening the knife and I slipped. Didn't look like slipping. Colonel Mustard, why did you, why did you just, why did you shout at him as soon as he came? It was a shot. And I had, and I had a wartime secret and I didn't want it open and open out. Okay? Vicar, why were you, why did you, why did you act suspiciously? Well, because um, he knew about my sex life. I didn't want it out in the open. So who do you think it is? Was it Mrs. Peacock, Mrs. Scarlet, the Reverend Green, Colonel Mustard, or the cook? It was. I'll say it backwards. I can't. Um. Well, sometime, well, Paul, sometime in the thing, if you, oh yes, the wound was in the head, that's a clue. Okay, right, sometime in this thing, I'll say it, I'll say who it did it, and you've got to, if you go right, I want you to tell me, only next speak to me on the phone, okay, right, um, I'll give you a song, I'll give you... Oh, what song have I give you? I'll just give you a song. I'll just give you Yes, just give you a song. Okay. Bye. If you need a place, to, if you want to go to college, if you don't know the best place to go, go to Birmingham. It's a great place. The Brummies are, are always welcome. Welcome, people. Yes. So come to Birmingham University. The Brummies are welcoming. Hello, this is the ARBC, the Antique Rhubarb and Biscuit Committee, hoping to bring you, the listener, an hour's worth of cultural entertainment in the form of Mr. Andrew Reader Square's musical item. Hmm. Well, that's what it says here. And, um, we hope you really 
enjoy this fab, cool, and trendy. Decorum is our watchword, and what better way to start off than some light music. Maestro Blues, please. What have I done to deserve this? Quite a lot, it seems. Culture. Well, that seems to be that. Well, I'm not kidding you now. I mean, this is real me, really me. Not to my deep voice, and I, I, I really mean this, but I, I am going to give you what I think is cultural entertainment for an hour. <clears throat> um, it is, in fact, in the form of a guided tour of what goes in, on inside my mind, if indeed anything at all. Yes, and, well, sit back and enjoy, if you possibly can, but you may have to force yourself a bit. Let the show begin. Where are we? We're here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so are you. You're there, though. But I'm here. Or vice versa. Anyway. As I am. Oh, I'm trying to eat a pack out of crisp at the same time. It's going to be difficult. There we are. In case you're wondering, this delightful music is part of my granddad's record collection, so you can blame him. Wonderful, isn't it? During this hour of cultural entertainment, we'll be having a series of interviews with my grand, my grand, my granddad, and my great uncle Brian, to be precise. So, so I'm trying my best to ignore it, and and I expect you are too, and wake up. Thank you. And, um, excuse me. And, um, sorry. I have been attempting to discover the meaning of reality. If indeed it does exist, because it might not, I don't know. And I have asked several people what they think. <coughs> sorry, I should not speak with my mother. My granddad clean knows what monstrous things he holds. Anyway, it says something about my braveness, but I managed to get all this in it. The music right there. These cliffs are wonderful. Is it still going? Oh, it is, sorry. Anyway, as I was saying, the meaning of reality. This crisps is absolutely the crisps I'm eating them at the same time as talking, you see. And spitting all over the tape recorder, it's quite disgusting really. And I have asked someone called Mark Turner, you may or may not know him, but who 
forgotten all the name. Anyway, I'll ask this person who I've forgotten the name of. Oh. Meaning of life and who said 42. That just about sums him up. This is Max Bygraves. Quite topical, really. In a way. If you live in Australia. Oh, that's good. Hang on, watch this. No, you can't watch this. So, I'm just spinning it on my TV set. That is reality, by the way. I think. By now, you should be boiled into a, into a stupor. Good, right. That's phase one complete. Anyway. We're enjoying this, and um, when I finish eating these, I'll actually stay something in it. Could be some time now. Tricky, this. Oh, that's more like it. This is what you may call cultural music at last. I think it's quite um, divine. Refined, I mean. I have sent you, whoever you are, whatever you are. Um, this, yes, I think I sent you this, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to it, quite frankly. That is reality as well, by the way. After I undone. A story. That is not reality. At least I don't think it is. Shut up. This is either in revenge to Paul Chandler's tape gene, isn't it? If your name is Paul Chandler. Or or revenge for all the nasty things you said about me behind my back if your name is Mark Turner. If you are a postman, or anyone else, then what are you listening to this song? Hmm? Nice music, nice music. Why can't we all be like this, I ask myself. Ah, ah, ah. Wonderful, wonderful. I only sing Chris at the same time. How do I do it? I'm not. Too, as well, by the way. Yeah, you can listen to Chris, Good. 
well, I decided to myself, it's over, so watching Neighbours instead. Listen to this. Neighbours, need to get to know So I decided not to. Oh, it's Tom Jones. Ha ha. Now, quite why Tom Jones would want to do this is quite beyond me, but he did anyway. I'll now set up the first of my interviews. With none other than Mr. Lee Celebrity, no, Mr. Lee Cerebrity, my glam. Nearly almost, I know. Yes, you can play with me. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, it is actually, it's very unusual. Bum, bum, bum. Let this head. I hope you're singing along with this at home. I expect, if you're listening to this, if you're mad enough, there's probably people listening to you and wondering to themselves why. Like I am wondering why. Hey, it's not unusual. Well, Get on with it, Mr. Jones. He's Welsh, you know, Tom Jones. Ah, yeah. Okay. Now, this. I think it's wonderful. This is yeah. for all the little brides. Yeah. Brides like yeah. myself, oh, yes. who are hoping to yes. soon be married. Oh, yes. I believe it, Miss. Yes. Sing along. Yes. 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 Oh, it's so I nice, isn't it? This is the stuff of and nightmares, isn't it? Life, it's secrets, I've been told. Aye, aye, aye. And here's some little Well, shit, that be all bad. Okay. I'm going to switch this off now and put the interview with my grandma. What's the difference? Sorry about that. If I may have it. A few brief words of you again, Gran. Well, you have to have the yes. because... Uh, yes, what? Well, the meaning of reality. Oh, crumbs, I don't know. Do you know what reality is? Well, I know at the moment I'm making a ruddy bit. Pardon me. I'm making a bed. That's reality, isn't it? You think that making a bed is reality? But you cannot Well, the fact that I'm making the bed is, is, is reality. But you can't be positive. You've only got your word to go on, but you're making the bed. It could be a figment of your imagination. Where do I go out? So, the fact that you're making a bed is really a figment of your own imagination. Oh, all right. It's a figment of my imagination. Therefore, not reality, is it? No. What is reality? What exactly is reality? I don't know. All I know is what's reality is I came up for your blooming cup and to ask you if you wanted a cup of tea. All right. Do you? Uh, yes. Yes. Say please. Yes. Please for Gabby. I'd rather not. You don't want a cup of tea or you'd rather yes, not like, say like thank you, Gani? <laughs> you have to swill that one out. Yes, I'll take it down with me. Bye.
Pardon? Bye-bye. I'm not bringing the cup of tea at you. That was an in-depth interview with my gran, Muriel. Um, I think it was anyway. And uh, this is investigative journalist Andrew Reid signing out yet again. Andrew, how are you? Definitive. The better be definitive, didn't it? Quite good, wasn't it? And, uh, well, the poor old thing. She goes and makes my bed while well, I callously look on her. Who is this old woman screeching? What about the bottom room? One baby's pot, one flower pot. Good grief. And well, I think my... What happened then? Tape stopped. I think my gran gave some important evidence to my quest. Quest to find the meaning of reality. Excuse me, I'm playing on my organ here. Work it out. This is the sort of thing mad geniuses like me get up to. Playing on one's over. Anyway, shades of a budgie come flying up. Sorry. Got a grip on reality. Ah, ah, that reminds me. Reality. Well, actually, as my gran pointed out in that interview there, she was making the bed. I don't know why she was making the bed. I think she likes making beds, to be honest. I prefer lying in them myself sleeping. And then she made me a cup of tea, which was nice of her, really. This happened in the very room I am sitting in now. Gosh. You can have my autograph later, whoever you are. Such questions I will be asking later on are, why does my granddad hoard such a collection of hideous items? Why does my grand have a hairdryer? Vivagran, Olive, not Muriel, but Olive has a hairdryer. And who or what is Kylie Minogue? All these probably won't be answered in any great depth later on. How much room have we got on this side? Oh, halfway through. More or less. Halfway through side one. Your heart, yeah, quarter way there. You've only got 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Come. I really feel sorry for you, whoever you are. Listener. G'day and welcome to the ultimate audio tape. Nice little pun to get you going there, eh? yeah? Now, excuse me whilst I'm eating my lunch because that's exactly what I'm doing. It's Saturday afternoon. Yes, afternoon. Midday morning, that afternoon. My meal times are really mixed up, I can tell you. Uh, to start the uh, audio tape, I thought I'd go into the, um, oh yes, into certain recent programs that have been on the television. Now, one of them, which you might remember, I think it was a year or a year and a half ago, was called Box Pops. 
And uh, it must have been a year ago because we both mentioned it once. And we've been, you know, happy anniversary, year, last Wednesday. It's been a year, so it must have been during that year. Uh, it was repeated on Sunday. I caught it, luckily. I thoroughly enjoy it. Did you? Uh, also, uh, I think it was Thursday morning, three nice comments, nice comments, no nasty ones, about the previous night's Doctor Who. One said something about good acting, and uh, another said something about good philosophising with Dar- Darwinian um, whatevers, and uh, oh dear, I got wind, spiritual life force and what have you. Uh, wind as in burps, not as in the other end. Uh, uh, oh, and the uh, uh, same day at, at the night, Thursday night, Alexis Sale stuff. And I hope you saw that, because I find him totally actually hilarious. He's one of my favourite comedians, in fact. And I'll just uh, take a bite. Mm. 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 I always have a bit of speaking with my mouth full. And uh, he had, a, he had a, a sketch which involved Margaret Thatcher and uh, Doctor Who. Now, I don't know if you've seen it or whether you've put it on tape ready to see. So I won't mention it. Yeah, I won't tell you what happened in it or go into it just yet. Suffice it to say that the following morning, there was a complaint about it on open air. He said it was in bad taste. Well, I'll go into that. You know, what's this? I've got a breadcrumb down the bloody tape deck. No bloody use. Anyway. Mmm. Mmm. I really like when you're eating a sandwich. Say there's something like a tomato in it. What? Take a bite, and then you find the rest of the tomato dangling out of your mouth, and nothing in the rest of the sandwich, except for of course the rest of the thing. I hate that, it's another thing that pisses me off. So that's something else you can add to the list. That's two things you've got now. Yeah? Hmm. Hmm. Now, I'll go into the Lexi sale business, once I've made sure you've seen it, or not, as the case may be. Oh, oh yeah. Clipping from the recent Scum magazine. Excuse the breadcrumb. Yeah. Picture of the rest of McCoy. Chin on umbrella. Saying, McCoy, dot, 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 doomed. Doctor Who killed off by the street by Jim Taylor. Okay. Oh yeah, by Jim Taylor. Doctor Who is being exterminated by Coronation Street. The BBC show, telly's longest running sci-fi drama, good, last time they said it was a children's programme, anti-slap wrists, will be axed next month. How can it be axed next month when the season hasn't even been finished? I suppose, yeah, axed next month as of after the end of the season. Yeah, what it is. The Doctor, played by Sylvester McCoy, 46, I hope they got the age right, has plummeted out of TV's top 100. The current series of the 26-year-old show Scheduled opposite Coronation Street on Wednesday nights attracts only 3 million viewers. You sure? Last night, a member of the Doctor Who production team said, Our only hope is for an independent production company to step in and save it. It isn't popular anymore. Only the Doctor Who fans have saved the show from the, from the chop in the past. Oh dear, got wind again. Anyway, what do you make of that? And if you found it in any other... Uh, if you found that headline in any other newspapers, 
do tell because if it is there's a good chance it's true if it isn't and it's only in the scum there's a good chance it's just a load of crap like it was once before if you remember was it last season they did something like that i can't remember now and i'll just take right out my sandwich now clear up a few queries from the audio three queries and an afterthought in fact one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nine noisy eater. Eh? Ad lib, ad lib. One. The term you what, you what, you what, you what, you what, was originated from a television program called Grange Hill and adopted in my own school. Uh, for no apparent reason. Certain members of this school, including the teachers, started to chant, having watched Grange Hill, this chorus. Thus, You what? You what? You what? You what? You what? I don't know why. Don't ask me. Um, spam. I'm sure you know what a spam is, but I might as well do it anyway. A spam is this. Ow. Is a... Uh, Slapping someone's forehead with the palm of your hand, but not necessarily poking your eye out like I just did in the process. Uh, Nick rashing is similar, but not quite. Slapping someone's back of the neck, thus, uh, in order to create a red mark there. Hence, neck rashing. Yeah, good. Have a go your pals and have great fun. Just click another button in the sandwich to calm me down. Who else? Ow. The other thing was... Ow. The other thing was, um... Yeah. I don't know if you noticed it in schools. Uh, in your school even. Certain types of carpet. Wiry carpet. I used to have it in the library at my school. And what you did, you probably do this anyway, because hundreds of school school kids over the ages have enjoyed this. Uh, you scuffle your feet on the wild carpet. Like this. Right, like that. And, uh, oh, and I'll just put the carpet back. That's it. And uh, then you go up behind one of your school chums. Place your index finger on the back of the bare neck and you'll find that you've just jumped, start, jump, start your schoolmate. <laughs> and I don't know why, it's something to do about statinicity. But uh, if you already do it, do tell me and tell me whether uh, it's still one of those, you know, one of those school pranks you do in the library sort of thing that we used to do. And no wonder I turned out like I am. If not, have a go if you've got that wiry sort of carpet. I don't know what the sort of carpet's called. And I just want to have another sound. Unfortunately, I don't have a cat here. But I do have a standing. Blue the dog. This here is blue. This here blue is a microphone. Now, all you can do is sniff. The best of times. Yeah, you can die back.
normie. So, I want you to the time that this ends, or the other side ends, I should say, and now, to bark your head off like you normally do, whenever there isn't anything to bark about. <clears throat> In the meantime, whilst we are waiting for this historic moment, I will go into Nibblers, as I've come to name it lately. I used to call it Naive Boars, but now I call it Nibblers, I don't know why. Better known to you as Neighbours. Uh, what's that thing in Neighbours lately? Uh, Neighbours. What's happening in Neighbours? Can you remember what's happening in Neighbours? No, I not Um, oh yeah, Dan Ramsey's come back into the story course, yeah. Uh, very interesting. I'm more interested in this business about Paul and Gail fucking up the work. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the mummy letters and what have you, and, uh, well, Jane did that really, didn't she? Or of course, yeah, Jane and Des are all good. There's Bronwyn. There's supposed to be rumours about Bronwyn and Des getting married, wasn't it? Didn't you say that? Yeah. Didn't believe that an inch. Remember reading elsewhere that Jane was going to marry him. I could agree. Uh, I can't think of anything else worth saying about neighbours. Never really anything worth saying about neighbours. Except for Bounce of the Dog. The Bounce of the Dog is my all-time favourite neighbours. I never did like that little wretched basil creature. That got it round. Anyway, talking about uh, Bouncer. He's got, his own, he's got his own name in the credits, hasn't he? You notice that? Look at the credits when Bouncer's in it. And it'll say Bouncer himself. Or it's either himself Bouncer. I can't remember which. So obviously his real name is Bouncer. Yeah. I always did say they mistook him for a kangaroo, didn't I? Uh, not much else I'm safe at the time, man. Except the fact that I've rewatched um, Ghostlight. And uh, I now uh, know everything that I uh, I didn't know, you know. There, there were bits that I missed and now I've watched it all over again, I understand it. Although I still don't exactly know where they came from. You know, planet-wise or, you know, Existence-wise, when they lived from another dimension, or whether they came around before the start of the universe, or something like that—I don't know. And why the hell did they want to survey uh, Earth anyway? All of a sudden, I've got a blocked nose. I must have shoved a crumb of bread up there. Uh, for, the, for the time being, can I rejoin you? That's the historic moment of hello. Hang on, a minute. Wait, wait. Did you hear that? Listen, listen. Listen to this. No. He nearly barked. It's amazing. I've been... I've been waiting. Hang on, he Did you hear that? He barked. How about that on this historic moment? He actually barked. Oi, come here. Come back. You don't leave me on this historic moment near of hearing you bark on an audio cassette. Come here. Here, now. Right. Now bark. Come on. Bark like a normal dog. Woof, woof, woof. Go on. Go on in. No, no. Stay here, but bark. Yeah? Go on. Woof, 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 woof. Woof. Go on. Go on. Woof. No. Oh, buggy. Well, I'm afraid that's 
as much as we're going to get out of him, unless we follow him downstairs. That's where he's bound to start barking at the front door. Anyway, I don't know what there could be there on the Saturday afternoon. There's not much I'm looking forward to today. Uh, a set of a Saturday night Clive. Funny enough, I enjoy that. Thank you. He knocked over my radio thingy. Uh, anything else worth saying, really? I think. Really, no. Um, for the time being, anyway. So, uh, sign off for now. Bye. 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 Your, your tape message that you sent me and uh, also for your phone call as well the other evening whatever it was I can't remember <laughs> anyway yes um, was, it, was it last Sunday wasn't it yes yes it was it was last Sunday mm. right well, anyway then and um, I hope you don't mind but uh, I've done pretty much what you did really with your tape um, I've filled up quite a lot of this first side with music um, the simple fact is that uh, I don't really want to be talking for too long because I've got rather a sore throat today so it's a bit of a pain but never mind um, so I thought what can I thought rather than you know make it worse I'll uh, bang some music on like you did and um, and then I'll natter on for about half the amount of tape and then I'll stick something else on at the end um, that uh, Deborah and I did do quite a while ago, but uh, it's quite funny. So, um, anyway, there we are. Right then, um, I was I talked to um, Nick on the phone yesterday, and he, and he said that uh, you know that he'd gone out with you. I knew he was going out with you anyway. <laughs> that sounds a bit funny. Um, you know, shopping and money, and that you'd uh, bought uh, a Victoria Wood video. I think it, and because uh, I said that I'd I'd been out with Beverly yesterday, and what well, apart from the fact of buying my dad a birthday present and getting umpteen different birthday cards for forthcoming birthdays coming up, um, I too bought a Victoria Wood a video as well. Um, I don't know if it's the same one that you bought, but uh, it's her latest one out, which is the sold out one, you know, which was the live um, live thing that she did earlier in the year. Uh, as soon as I, mean, I saw her on the telly on Wogan well, with Gloria Anderford and um, on the Monday and of course Julie Waters was funny enough on the Friday but unfortunately I didn't, I didn't get to hear all of Julie Waters so yes I, I, I sort of saw a bit of Julie Waters but not very much of it I, I'm quite interested actually in going to see that film that Julian Waters is in with Liza Minnelli. That looks quite funny, actually. So I think I might give that a whirl at some point if I get a chance. Um, it does look quite funny. But uh, have you? Uh, I don't know if, if you if that was the same Victoria Wood video that you bought yourself. But I'm sure, sure Nick said that oh you, that you bought one. So uh, it's quite funny actually. I mean some of the stuff she did mention on uh, on Wogan on Monday that's in here, but it's still quite funny to listen to. Um, 
much. I haven't actually, I haven't actually read all the bit on the back. I'll have to read that actually, and it's quite funny. This is not another exercise video. Hello, welcome to Sold Out by New Exercise Video. This is not a normal low impact high energy aerobics program and yet it really works. Intrigued? Read on. Total body, body system. Have you ever longed for a total body system that would leave your shape energised, sculptured and relaxed? Could be performed no matter what your level of fitness and only required five minutes of your time each week. Well tough, there's no such thing. This one will work for you. But by cons consultation with people on buses, dustbin men and chip shop experts I prefer perfected a revolutionary new exercise program that I believe will work for you. It's personalised. Using up to the minute computer graphics and tinkly music, I will lead you through a full hour of carefully signalised comedy routines, colour coded so that you can personalise and streamline your laughing program. Do I need special equipment? No, any comfortable seating will access to high calorie snacks and drinks will do. So switch on the video and good luck Victoria Wood. Health warning. Before embarking on any exercise program, do tell your doctors. Doctors don't have very much to do and they welcome these little bits of useless information. Good Fan Limited would like to thank the Mayflower Theatre Southampton, all at the Phil McIntyre organisation and particularly Carol Sprague and Ian Wheaton for their help in making this video. Victoria would like to thank Geoffrey Durham for standing at the back and laughing. If he's such a good magician, why is he still bald? <laughs> So uh, there you are, yes, no doubt if you've got that you've probably read that anyway, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, there we are. So it was, I watched it last night, it was quite funny actually. It's, uh, funny. I'll tell you something that did make me laugh during the week. Um, I don't always watch them, but I do quite like a lot of their stuff they do. That's uh, Mel Smith and Griefish Jones, and uh, they were on on Thursday night, and it was, it was really, I mean, it was really silly what they were doing and, and one of the things they did was that there was just this sketch which was about death and uh, for some odd peculiar reason it really cracked me up and I couldn't stop laughing I ended up rolling all over the place I had to hide myself in the end because I couldn't stop laughing so uh, and it, I mean you know I mean a sketch on death normally you would <laughs> not particularly happy but then again having said that it was, it was quite funny what they were talking about, so that made me laugh, that did, it was really funny. I wish I'd videoed it now, but I didn't, didn't realise it was going to make me laugh really. as much as it did. I haven't watched them for a little while, so I thought, I'd, you know, it just happened they'd come on and me mum and dad were watching it, watching them, so I thought I might as well watch them as well, so I did. And uh, my mum found it, well, my mum and dad found it quite funny. I did think they would actually, I didn't, they didn't think, I didn't think they'd be into that sort of thing. I mean, although they quite like Victoria Wood, you see, they like Victoria Wood. And um, um, I think, I mean, mum quite likes some of French and Saunders, but not always. It depends what it is really. She likes some of it. But she does like Victoria Wood and Julie Walters. Yeah, so anyway, there we are. listeners that's all we've got time for i hope you enjoyed that episode it uh yeah there was quite a lot of weird and wonderful things there lots of different voices um lots of different chitter chat um some of those voices you'll have heard on the show like 
in the 21st century. Some of them you might have heard as part of episodes of Sutton Park. Some of them you may not have heard at all. Though we have got plenty, plenty more material, and we're still digitising new stuff all the time. So what I'm thinking of doing is that maybe every six weeks, every two months, we'll um, do another episode like this with more bits and pieces. So, Or maybe some of the extra material or bits between episodes will come from the archives so not necessarily Sutton Park although gosh we've still got so much Sutton Park to share with you but uh, anyway I hope you enjoyed this uh, I hope you enjoyed the different voices and um, and yeah we'll be back again soon so uh, uh, you take care and uh, yeah bye bye for now oh, oh and Cuthbert thank you very much for your help <laughs> yes there, there might be a couple more clips coming up after the theme music but uh, anyway um, yeah enjoy bye bye Bye-bye now.
you know, back on my quest with the meaning of reality, and I'm positive when it's not 42, when it's definitely not anything to do with making cups of tea or beds, or... I wonder what... Thank you. I wonder what it can be. My voice has suddenly gone quieter. rather depressed listening to this, I did. So I shall talk in a cheerful voice to stop you from committing suicide. Yes. It is quite a wonderful life, as long as I don't go over the top of my voice like this, you see. And, um, quite. Indeed, quite. So, and why not? Can't afford this. So, after In The Mood has finished, if it will finish, I shall put the, uh, oh, I will, you know, I will, definitely, no doubt, my quest for the meaning of reality, if indeed it does have a meaning, and I think it does, definitely. By the way, if you are, if you are thinking to yourself, which will be a novelty, oh, if you are thinking to yourself, which is the best way to think incidentally, other than thinking to other people, if you are thinking to yourself, what a load of rubbish, then please write to my, write to my granddad who lives in Ken Twin. I dare say he's notorious enough to be known by that enough. of music, if you can possibly call it music. I am presently blasting our poor, innocent, defenseless eardrums with. I'm sure this has nothing to do with reality either. Positive, in fact. Really, it's all a figment of your imagination. Where would we be without Glenn Miller? Think about it. your tidy and clean. I am, I'm a good Wumble. Hello, this is Andrew Reed again, hoping to capture a few brief words from that ever bastion of society, my gran, but a different gran this time, the other gran, the other gran, the one with hair dryer. I, I hardly dare mention its name, it's so terrifying, but within a few moments I shall attempt to drag her up here. I, in, into this room, to interview her, I have tracked her down in her own home in Pen Twin, this rare and rather shy creature. I'm hoping to get a few glimpses of what goes on in her mind. Please bear with me. I'm determined to interview Grant, so you, so speak, or I shall torment you in ruthless agony.
the rest of your well I'm my allies and speak come on say anything yeah but I mean nuisance true <laughs> but I'm I want my cup of tea <laughs> please tell me what you think is the meaning of life in general what do you think it's all about nothing nothing mm. you don't think it's all about Princess, what has your hairdryer got to do with reality? Nothing. Nothing? Just changing your wig. Your wig? Well, it's a quite a nice wig, I must say. It's quite almost realistic. What is it? Sheep's hair? Mm. Camel hair? No. Sheep's. <laughs> That's why it's curly. <laughs> and it's that colour. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Gran. Say goodbye. True. I'm not mad, I just behave this way. Well, there you have it. Quite a rare interview there, and uh, I think I'll have to lie down for a while. Time to come home now. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh dear, <laughs> what's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Well, um, 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 um. Doctor Purple. Um. Well. Um. I was going to work. I'm tired. I. I go and see Death Becomes Her. It's done. PG too. That's good. Yeah. I'm just going to watch some television because I'm puffed. I've been doing it for an hour. Uh, I'm allowing. I'm good at lying. Sorry. Get it up on the line. I only gone for about three seconds then. Well, um, what have you been doing? I can't. I can't ask that, can I? Um, no. Oh. Um. Good song, that wasn't it? No, not me. Um. I think you thought it was Boss Drum asking to play, didn't you? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Good. Um, I think I was going to say, Mummy! Do you want to say something to Paul? Mum! She doesn't want to speak to you! 
I'll go and say hello. I'll can't get a big person. Trust me, I'll go. For about my life. Say hello to him. Yeah. I'll cut a bit now. Shout! Oh, come on! Did you hear that? Don't even think you even got on the speakers. I'm speaking home here. It did, it's hard getting on the speakers. So I don't care. But if you didn't, she said, Hello! And Daddy said, Hello! Tiki! That was Tiki saying nothing. You might have If if you said I suddenly go low down, that means I've got the microphone far away. If I go really high like this, I got too close. So you don't really like. I'm trying to waste time here. Hey, wait, wait. Here I am back again, and with uh, absolutely nothing else to talk about. So, um, oh yeah, the, the, the introduction clip, which I started this tape with, uh, it wasn't a real record flying off the uh, record player and smashing through a window. It was in fact came from the spitting image, spitting your ear. Absolutely no gimmicks except for the free poster inside record contains the celebrity mega mix of a chicken song. Oh yeah, can we hear that? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, some of these uh, clips and bits and pieces are outdated now. For instance, uh, uh, the two-party system. That's out of date because uh, that contains David Steele and David um, 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 Owen together in that what you may call it party. Of course they've split up now, so I can't play anything like that. But there are a couple of goodies amongst them. There's some extremely good uh, songs to sing along with and uh, to fill up the time that's exactly what I'm going to do play some spitting image songs because I rather like spitting image I like Hail and Pace uh, Naked Video I like lots of comedy I think I said that to you once before didn't I I love comedy I like Lexi Sale the whole rigmarole virtually have you been watching uh, Naked Video at all? no obviously not have your bowels moved to Pale-faced, the patient replies, "Yes," and points to the floor, where some bowels are crawling across it. The floor, i.e., it was disgusting actually, but I think it was funny. Absolutely funny. I love that sort of stuff. Hello, Mister Um, right. Anyway, getting back to your your tape while I I remember. Um, you were you were talking about um your holiday and, and all that lager and, and I'm glad you had a nice time uh, doing all the different things you did that but I don't know about you I've seen it a long time ago now it sort of came and went didn't it really <laughs> the winter time to do you get Christmas presents actually I don't, don't think it's such a bad idea you get your Christmas presents uh, save me a lot of worry by the end of it wrap it all up you know? but, uh, I don't know if I can get round to it I might do I'll have to see at the moment I haven't got time but anyway um 
say anyway. Um, yeah, I'm glad you had a nice time up in uh, Scotland and all that. And uh, Reading and what have you. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I remember Nick telling me that you, you were taking him to Reading. And uh, I think he's rather looking forward to that, really. So, um, he's, uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's uh, full set, still, uh, uh, full steam ahead for that. So, yes, which is good. I'm glad, hopefully, you'll, you'll have a nice time. I'm sure you will go and see your aunt looking all through the records and things. Uh, yeah, so that's alright. Um, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing at half term yet. I say I'm not sure. I've got some things lined up. Um, but I'm not quite sure when and where I'm doing them. <laughs> so uh, we shall see. But uh, I have got some things lined up. I'm going to go to Chessington again. Uh, and it looks like I'm driving this time, so I've got to get used to riding around on the motorway. So I better get out there soon and go up and down the motorway a few times. Um, M25, which is a delightful road to go on. I'm sure I'm going to look forward to going on it. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'll have to get practicing soon. Six hundred and seven, 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 Six hundred 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 seven. Gee, whiz, the way Paul Chandler, the shy that he travels around, gives me a rash. What else? Um. Then, then of course, you were talking about Spectrum. Of course, I did hear the first episode of Spectrum. Oh, it was quite funny, actually. Uh. Yeah, very nice music you did there, dear. <laughs> I like the old tinkly bit, you know, which was meant to be the, you know, the bit before the climax, that bit, that was quite funny. But then also the, the band, it was quite a catchy little tune really, wasn't it? So, what, can you actually tell me what it was you actually played it on? Um, just out of curiosity, I mean, is it uh, an organ organ or, or uh, you know, is it one of these organs, you know, these organs? Um, or, or what sort of thing is it? Just out of curiosity, really. Ah, uh, I like Charlie Gurr the best. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's perfectly normal on the Shy Life Podcast. Perfectly normal. Holy crow, that was a long episode. Oh, kitty, kitty, dearly. <laughs> oh, I love Dee Dee. Anything else worth saying, really? <laughs>